Welcome to Inside the Firm. I'm your host, Alex Gore, here with our other host, Lance Psycho. Hey, hey. Hey, how's it going? Uh, this podcast is just an inside look uh, into an architecture firm slash a business, just a regular business and a development. It's a little different from other podcasts. We're not interviewing other people. We're doing a deep dive, uh, a deep dive into our strategies, um, what's going on, and, and how we're doing it. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned because here we go. So the uh, first thing I want to do is give a shout out to a, <clears throat> a fan, a listener who uh, was sent us a really nice email. His name is Joshua Stewart. So shout out to Joshua Stewart. Uh, I want to read just like the first paragraph of his, of his email. And I would encourage anybody, anybody who appreciates the podcast, we, we love hearing from you. And we also really uh, appreciate uh, five-star reviews on iTunes. So if you're going to give us a review, add five stars to it, as Ben Shapiro would say, <laughs> and then review us. So thanks to everybody who's done that. I was actually surprised. I think we have like six six, uh, six reviews so far, and we're, so we're slowly trying to build this thing over 12 years. So here goes. Joshua Stewart says, Alex and Lance, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to say thank you for your podcast. I absolutely love it. Inside the Firm has quickly become my favorite podcast in any genre. Wow. Any genre. That's huge. Step 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 aside, Joe That's, Rogan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going against Jackal Podcast. <laughs> step aside, Adam Carolla. Get out of here. The only thing I don't like is that I have ran out of episodes to binge listen after breezing from episode 0 to 21 in about four days. My only option is to now re-listen from the beginning again. Amazing. Uh, thanks a lot, Josh. We uh, so again really appreciate that uh, words of encouragement. It, it honestly helps fuel us and keep. We're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna try this for a year. Um, if you know, and we want to maybe hopefully continue in the future. Yeah, and I think uh, us continuing in the future is sort of this engagement. If we get this feedback, if we get good reviews, um, if we get bad reviews, we'll try to you know adjust and and be better. <laughs> but uh, if you can spread it. Um, you know, we can see those numbers and they'll just continue for us to be, get pushing it, you know, wanting to do it. So, so thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, if you can't get enough of F9, we've, we've done something recently where you can get even more, of even F9. more. Tell us about it. So we, uh, we had a professional, um, film lady come in and we filmed. And let's, let's give her a shout out here. So Mari Wolf photography, she is uh, awesome. She does video, she does uh, still shots and she's out of Longmont. So if anybody, any locals listening in Colorado, highly recommended. Yeah. So, um, basically we did six total videos, six, six videos. Yeah. Yep. So if you go to F nine productions.com and then you'll see in the tabs, it's, uh, Go inside uh, it, F9. Yeah, go inside F9. The first videos are intro one. Honestly, the best part of it is the bloopers at the end where we screw up. Um, and then we that page has a whole bunch of links to our other podcasts that we've been guests on. It has a link to um, it has the videos of the five other videos showing some of our projects, what we do, our thought process, how we grow. And then what else did we have a link to? I swear we had more on that page. Probably your book. You no. you selfish. I need to do that though. The creativity <laughs> code. Get on Amazon. Pick it on Amazon.com. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, anything else uh, regarding that? I just want to let people know. I thought it's cool. Uh, those that portion? Yeah, on Facebook, a lot of people watch those videos. I agree. I think one has up to 600 views or something so far. Wow. So, and I would encourage anybody. So, take a look if you're also like a practitioner or. Uh, anybody else who's running a business, I think there's a lot of value in putting together some kind of video like that, yep. especially especially when it comes to like Facebook, because when as soon as you scroll through Facebook, it automatically starts playing, right? So people people sometimes will just watch it accidentally. Yep. And then in Facebook, if you put it in an album, like it it will go to the next one. Um, and then I don't even think we did 
the best job on them. I thought we did a good job. I think the videos are, are good. But if, if you're thinking about doing one, watch ours, you know, and then you can say, oh, I want to structure my different or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. So uh, next thing, Angie's List is a thing. Angie's you, Alex, Alex has been on fire. Alex, Alex is the, the mascot for Angie's List. You should be the poster boy. You should do a commercial. It's sponsored, sponsored by Angie's List. Yeah. I, how's it been going? How, honestly. And did you, how's it been going? A and B, did you expect it to be going the way it has been going for you? And tell us like how many inquiries are you getting? Uh, I, I'm probably inquiries. Um, it varies, but I'm probably doing four meetings a week. And what's, were you doing four meetings a week before that? For anything like this? No, no, nope. And what's great about it is that I thought because in, in what we're offering is you know a design consultation. It's just three hours of design work, and then how we break it up is as as I've told you guys before is um, you know it's an hour meeting, it's an hour research, and an hour proposal. But then plus there might be a little bit of design you know in there. But a lot of people know exactly what they want, so. Um, it, it, the meetings, the last two meetings were 15 minutes each and they were great. They were amazing. And now I just need to put together the proposal and, and, and go with it. And what's great about this is that I think it's giving power back to the client. So all of a sudden, if you have, I think the construction industry could be scary for some people. Yep. Right. Um, they're a house mom or, or not, or even it doesn't even matter who, who you really are you're you're asking someone to come to your house and then normally they'll do the first thing for free. So, you know, the law of reciprocality, you kind of owe them something for driving down to and, and I was so I was speaking with a, one of our favorite contractors, shout out Brian Tinker today, and I was yeah. telling him about the success that you've been having in the inquiries and I, I mentioned Angelus and he immediately shot it down. He said, oh, I'd used them a few years ago and I, I paid for leads and I said, oh, well, I think this is the difference is we are offering a, a like a, a deal. This, this deal they pay Angie's List, then Angie's List sends us a check in the mail. Yep. So they've already got skin in the game. Yep. And 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 I totally understand offering free meetings, and we still do. And it's funny, um, the one like our stereotypical client, which is like a male in his forties, right? Uh, he emailed our, you know, he went to our website. I found you on Angie's List, but do you come out and do free first meetings? So like that that stereotypical client that we get still did it the old-fashioned way even though he found us yeah on i signed i signed a client earlier this week we we're going to do a master bedroom edition it was exactly that scenario oh so they contacted you from angie's list i've had yeah i've, I've been i've been stealing from you nice in nice, a roundabout good, good. way because somehow yeah somehow they contact me i don't know and like hey so, they... so, and I'm, I'm, I, I always ask people like how did you find us yeah yeah um so, so I, one but, other thing too like so these aren't going to be award-winning Anything, no. right? No. It is bread and butter work, but it is actual work that needs to be done. People need to expand. People need to remodel. These and are these are like yes. meetings, pe- meeting people's needs. And also, keep in mind, people in the recession. In the recession, you might not get those big house commissions, but you still need to eat. Kids might need to eat. Kids got to eat. Got to get some food. I mean, you got to feed them at least once a day. Bare minimum, I've heard. <laughs> still figuring this out. So that could be a fallback. Like, okay, let me go after additions now, right? Um but think about the the client, you know, your typical client that, that you know, asks, you know, one or two uh, architects or even contractors, so for Brian to come. Well, that could be intimidating, you know. Now, the other way is if, if Brian went on Angie's list offering a deal, oh, I'm going to research. I'm going to boil it down to one and I'm going to pay him. Now I'm in charge. Now this guy owes me something. Yeah, so they feel like they have yeah. some ownership. So even if he's a big six foot two, 200 pound guy, I still paid him. He's in debt to me. I'm in charge. I'm little old lady me's in charge now. 
Yeah. Right? Yep. Like psychologically. Absolutely. Speaking. I know. I think there's I think there's some truth to this. 100%. Sure. At some point you should update us with like a capture rate. Cuz you cuz you've been keeping track of every meeting that you've cuz so we share like a calendar. Yeah. And at the end of it Alex will put like, you know, meeting with George, Angie's list. Yeah. And then a spreadsheet too, right? Yep. So and my main problem is honestly getting out contracts because it's meeting after meeting after talking to guys about this How many project. do you have to write right now do you think? 4. <laughs> so that's, that's a, incredible yeah. that's incredible yeah yeah you know what hasn't worked out for us so far house i'll be honest with you so i just want to i just want to kind of want to follow up with that Shout so out. we get paid from angie's list it's not a big like we basically Wait. barely yeah. cover alex's like cost can you make a deal on house yes and I was going to talk to, I was going to talk, I think, I think we have to do something like that. Maybe we should talk inside the firm and let people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. what, what, what can you do? Tell me, because I, I just want to follow your lead. So you can do the same thing as you, you can do the same thing as you, is you can offer like, well, you can't do it. So they couldn't purchase it online. See, that's the difference. I think Angie's what? list has, no, no, it, it'd basically be like, it's an offer where it says, um, $150, uh, a meeting, meeting for, you know, that's worth $150 and then it would go towards your contract. Right. So I still think you're like going to right? that seems weird. Uh, that it still uh, seems like you're going to attract tire kickers. Well that, and then again, it doesn't give people the power of they didn't pay you yet or didn't commit to pay you yet. Yeah. They have no skin in the game. Yeah. So there's is not there, really, there's not really a way. Is there any way you could, uh, manipulate it. So it seems like they're, that they put skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think the the critical part is like just getting contacted. We have, so we've been on there for th- I think three weeks advertising so far, not one contact. You know, I keep track of all the impressions and how many people save stuff and pin stuff to the, not pin stuff, but add to their idea book or whatever. How are those numbers going? Okay. 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 I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing special. Yeah. We've gotten more traction, so you know, thumbtack is 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 good. Referrals are good. Well, could you say? D- does it have to go to your contract? Could you say? Go to your. Uh, what do you mean? You know, hundred fifty meet- dollar meeting, um, and it get it goes towards maybe. Could could you could you just say, here's the deal, um, hundred fifty dollars for me to come out to your house, research what you can do, and give you a proposal. Yeah. If just, n- if nothing pans out. Have them pay on the If nothing spot. pans out by the end of the... If we haven't got contacted by the end of the week, end of the next week, next then, week, then I'm going to get in touch with uh, the salespeople over there. And because they have to make that ad for you. I think so. Oh, well, I just want to... No, 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 no. I don't think they have to make it. I think maybe we have the ability. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at that. Because yeah. when I scrolled through and saw the other competitors, there was a few people doing it. Something like that. But what I don't know is what you can do. So I'm saying I need to talk to them and pitch your idea. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Uh, or just do it. Or just do it. Or just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and ask for forgiveness later. Exactly. That's a pretty good policy. Yeah. I love it. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So. Uh, I cannot see this screen. You can't see the screen. Fair enough. There was. Um, so we recently got contacted uh, by a, a fairly large developer down here in Boulder County. And they wanted us to redo a... So I want to bring this up as a topic to talk about. They wanted us to basically recreate some drawings that had been done in two, 2001. They were ready to submit for the building for a building permit. And some of the immediate questions we asked, oh, that we got asked great. were, why, does it take, why will this take so much money just to redo an existing set of drawings from two decades ago? Well, well, when you're dealing with a big company, you're dealing with a hierarchy, right? So there's the big boss man, and then there's... Uh, everyone else right 
So we're dealing with with basically everyone else, people that are running the show, getting the bids together, managing the whole company. But when they get a big bid, they have to go to the, the boss man and say, hey, this is what we want to do. Here's the bid. You cool with that. So that person called you up, not the boss, and said, I'm going to go to the boss. I'm going to tell him, here's the bid. Give me some ammo because the plans have already been done. Yeah, yeah. And, and I got to keep setting this up. So the plans have already been done. They've already probably paid, who knows, $200,000 easily for these plans. Why do we have to pay an extra bunch load, even though they were done way back in the day? And when you nail, when you set these three points, not only does it apply to you know redoing everything, I think it applies to just... Why does this fee? Why does this cost so much? Why? Why? In why, general, yeah. Why? You know, homeowner. Why? Why does it? Why are you charging me X just to do a master suite addition off the back of my house? Yep. Yep. Type of thing. But the, but your first three answers are applying to basically redoing a design that's already been done. Yep. So what did you say? Hey, Lance, I I need to go to my boss. Yeah, and give uh, me three three say, points. Yeah, and it, well, he said, hey, Lance. Uh, you, thanks for the very detailed proposal, which was like eight pages long. Because what it did is, I, I got listed out exactly what from the city, copy and paste, what the heck we have to do, each bullet point type of thing. It was he, he was like, it's very thorough, but it's a little overwhelming. I just need three things. I just need three things. Like, tell me three sentences of why the fee is what the fee is. He goes, I'm not saying it's high. I'm just, I just need right. to go. Number one, we have to redraw everything, and we have to bring it up to code. So everything has changed from 2001, right? Yeah including even local codes like zoning codes. So we got to, we got to do our due diligence and then there's building products too. Second thing was we have, we have to jump through a three-step permitting process, specifically in Boulder. We have to do this land use review. Then we got to do a site plan review. Then we got to do building construction. Actually it's four of you count technical docs, yeah. but it, it is a process. Like you can imagine one of the most bureaucratic places in America. This is it. Yeah. Maybe second to San Francisco. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then the third is we have five different companies to herd within this contract. So the civil engineer, the mechanical engineer, the structural engineer, F9. I got to herd, herd myself. Yeah. It's and hard. The, I know. Ah, and the land. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't put leashes on cats. <laughs> yeah. What? Can you? Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I got confused. And yeah. I'm scared. I ran outside. <laughs> <laughs> I just want my milk. Yeah. So, uh, so he loved it. He actually, he actually loved uh, what I had to say in those three bullet points. And he, he goes, he, he even, I know he was writing them down because he goes, okay, let me read these back to you. I just want to make sure I got this right. Uh, so he, I haven't heard back. I'm going to actually follow up with him today and see how the meeting went. But um, I, think it's, I think it's something to be prepared for. When somebody, yes. you, like how, you got to be prepared to be on the spot. Like, why does that cost so much? And yep. they might not even be like angry about the price. They just want to know, like I need, to, I need to justify this in my own head. Yep. And, and then let, let's apply that to um, just a normal, normal starting from scratch. So uh, the, the point one where we have to redraw everything and bring it up to code. So why architecture fees cost so much? And they honestly don't. We percentage wise, they don't cost that much. Yeah, but one of, the, one of the things we've always told people, especially with the new house, our fee, <laughs> this applies for us, but like, I don't know. Our fees are going to match what you put into your cabinets. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Your kitchen cabinet. So we have to draw, draw and recreate your own, your whole building. And we're doing it not the old fashioned way, like AutoCAD, where it's just basically lines. We're actually modeling the building. And what that provides for you is that you, uh, you can get takeoffs. So this Angie's list that I just met with, I told her about, she's redoing all of her siding. So I said, when we model everything, we can take off the schedule for how much siding you have. So then you can get tighter bids. So one, we're modeling the whole building. So we're literally building the whole building in, in Revit. Um, and then we have to, you know, 
bring it all, have everything comply to codes, mm-hmm. right? Number two, permitting. You can just talk about the permitting process in your state. And then number three, uh, yeah, you have to herd mechanical, electrical, all this other people. It's exactly. Cool. Yeah. So it is a process. For sure. There you go. Uh, and with that, I would like to uh, welcome our root, our uh, best friend, best friend, our bestie. And he clarified for me that we shall call him Nick and not ah. Nick Nicholas. And the reason, just, just uh, so I, I mentioned this to him, the reason why we were calling him Nicholas is I just respected, like, oh, he, Nicholas. He wrote Nic- it. Nicholas James Renard. Yes. Okay. But I had a former boss, and he insisted on being called Christopher. Okay. B- best friend. Let me talk to you here. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a question. I'm not... Uh, why would you? Why write Nicholas if you want to be called? Nick? I don't know. I hope he. I hope he writes. I hope. I hope next next week's uh, Nick Reed segment is answering your question. Yeah, it'll uh, be like this pen pal thing. It'd be like a podcast yeah. pal. Now I almost wish we were live on YouTube. He'd be commenting right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't you tell me pay, how to write my name. Not paying attention to clients. So um, we haven't listened to this. So we're just like you, the audience. Um, so let's hear what Nicholas has to say in this week's Nick. segment of Nick Reads. Hello, best friends! Gumption by Nick Offerman Chapter 5 Roosevelt wrote, I suppose it sounds archaic, but I cannot help thinking that people with motorboats miss out on a great deal. If they'd only keep to rowboats and canoes and use oar paddle themselves, they would get infinitely more benefit than by having their work done for them by gasoline. Not only will such a strenuous program reinforce a body's muscle and circulation, but it also affords one the advantages of intimacy with all the ineffable pleasures to be found once one steps over the threshold of domestic comfort and into the wonderlands of wood or prairie. Perhaps within this sentiment lies a clue to enjoying one's life with a Rooseveltian vigor. By metaphorically choosing the path of more resistance, a person can provide stimulating challenges to him or herself on a daily basis. Roosevelt's encouragement inspires me to get outside and hike, bike, or row rather than remain in the homogenized climate control of a gym. I'm also warmed by his sure-footed stance regarding the balances of play versus work in a healthy life. He wrote, Play should never be allowed to interfere with work, and life merely devoted to play is, of all forms of existence, the most dismal. But the joy of life is a very good thing. And while work is the essential in it, play also has its place. In order to successfully execute such a life as Roosevelt's, it's inherently important to keep one's blood up, maintaining a steady focus on victory, all while cultivating the horsepower to leap dynamically into action. It is only on these conditions that he will grow into the kind of American man of whom America can be really proud, he said. But I'm sure he meant to include the girls in that pronouncement as well. Nick Offerman. Now I'm not too much into celebrity, but I'd gladly shave my head and pierce my navel for the opportunity to enjoy a seared steak, a glass or two of brown liquor, and a fine cigar with Nick Offerman. Please do check out Offerman Woodshop if you're not already familiar. Well, that's all for now. Toodles! 
<laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, you you want to go first? So I'm just going to give a little intro. Just so I, if, every, if everybody doesn't know who he's talking about, Nick Offerman is an American actor, voice actor, producer, writer, comedian, and carpenter, widely known for his breakout role as Juan, Ron Swanson in the acclaimed NBC, sit, uh, NBC sitcom Parks and Rec. Uh, so he was like the anti-government libertarian, and he, I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah. So thank you for that read. Nick, that was great. From Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I only have two, two reactions to that. One, uh, I think the, the main point is that I think he's correct and society needs to maybe look towards hard, hard work. And as my friend, best friend, uh, Jocko Willink of Jocko Podcast. Greatest guy ever. Greatest guy ever. He has a saying, discipline equals freedom, right? Because right now he's, re- he's retired, right? Oh, he just said he's like on a pension from the army because he was in there for 10 years type of thing. Well, you know, you could say that's one part. Um, but, you know, he's running a podcast. He goes surfing. He still, you know, he still wakes up at 4.34 a.m. he's crazy. Just, yep, because he's crazy. Yep. Um, and then someone commented to him like, oh, must be nice. You know, and, and Jack was like, man, maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I should be ashamed, you know, that I have this nice life. And, he was like, and then someone commented on his Twitter and said his saying back, discipline equals freedom. So then Jocko went through whenever he was back, you know, from being in the Navy SEALs, just destroying everyone else that the four days he'd get back. Oh, he bought a house and then he'd do quick fix and flips. He goes, I'd stay up for 72 hours straight and just gut the whole thing and put the whole thing back in. He's and then so he goes, crazy. I buy house after house after oh house. God. He's like me and my wife, we'd live in like a little shack, you know, he's like, so <laughs> discipline equals freedom. Hard work equals freedom. And I think that's what he's going at. Um, the first part. And you wrote down balance, and I think he balanced it out too, because I think that perspective is also key. And your best friend from uh, college actually had something to say about this, because one of our professors basically had the same saying: "Was uh, why why take a motorboat? You know, when you can row. You know, rowing's the best. You get the same Who logic." Who is my best friend from college? Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. I'll tell you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the guy across the table. I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was you. No. So, so anyways, <laughs> rowing is the best. Anyone who's in a motorboat is, motor is a chump. And then shout out Kevin Donahue was yeah. like, well, what if you want a water ski? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you need a water. And it was like, yeah, that's true. Well, I don't think the professor agreed or anything like that. But I was like, wait a minute. That was said? That, that what, when Nick just read to us, was said yes. in, at NDSU. At NDSU. And then... And then Kevin spoke up and was like, what if you want it? He's such a contrarian. And I, love what's him. Hilarious, I love him because of that. I can't remember if he said it to the whole class or if we were just sitting in the back and he just like, what if you want a water ski? I was like, that's a great point, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> my, my big thing to take away was, was balance, 100%. If you, if you just work all the time, your whole life, come on. That's going to be boring. Nobody's going to come to your funeral. I want like a giant, I want a giant crowd at my funeral. Uh, like you know, saying, "Oh man, he was out doing this and that, and like he affected my life in this way." And I'm talking about him now, yeah. and like we're gonna send know. him down the river and give him a Viking funeral and burn his exactly. Body my bag. brother, my brother's gonna shoot uh, an arrow at me, and then I'm gonna, he's gonna burn. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, after I miss a couple times, exactly. You'll miss you'll miss a few times, and Al and Luke will be there on backup. <laughs> yeah, just ready, back, ready to step. Just like five feet behind after four arrows go through, <laughs> you're a hundred meters down. <laughs> he's a professional bow hunter. He's literally, yeah, he's literally a professional I bow am hunter. Not. Yeah, but I'll give it a good old college. You'll try. give it the Al Gore try, <laughs> and ask for forgiveness later, <laughs> as you usually do. Yeah, <laughs> they they steal my bow because they don't want me to do it. I will hide one at the bank just so I can take some shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks again, Nick. Uh, looking forward to next week. 
see what you, see what see what you bring to the podcast um, again. Where are we at? Where are we at in the schedule of things, my friend? I don't even know, man. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, development talk. So we've been meeting with lawyers. Uh, you had a meeting in the morning without me because I had a God. The way I presented the project was so much better than Alex too. You don't Not even know. Even you don't even know. You should. You don't even it. know. I should. It was really good. How was it better? You know uh, how was it better? I don't know. It just seemed to flow better. <laughs> Get out of town. <laughs> I made it my own. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. Why. I convinced Good. the lawyer at the end. He's like, oh, yeah, this is a fantastic project. Yeah. But I can. we convince him every time anyways. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, your way is probably better. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, I don't know if it was. I'm just screwing around. It went really well. Uh, so, I, so, yeah. So, I had a meeting with, uh, with one, yes, uh, one of an, an additional lawyer. The first lawyer that we interviewed a couple weeks ago didn't work out because he said his specialty was not condos. Okay. That's that's who we need to align with is somebody whose specialty is condos. So then he referred us to two more uh, attorneys <clears throat> and slash firms. So I interviewed one yesterday morning, and Alex is out in a different meeting. Again, Angie's list is yes. crushing it over here. And then we both went to uh, a high rise downtown Denver, and uh, it was it, it was interesting. They were a bigger firm. Yeah, it was impressive because you go up what twenty five floors. All of their offices were as big as our conference room. Yep. Uh, <laughs> They got secretaries. They pay for parking. Like you know, that's the whole deal. It'd be like if we were a big architecture firm. Yeah, but but even even fancier because I've been in big architecture firms and they still do the ball pin. Like all of you guys are just in a yep. ball pin. You know. Yep. Everybody else. Yeah. And this one, they all had glass offices. Yeah. So they were good meetings. I think we learned a lot, and I think uh, the biggest thing about going into these kind of meetings with these other professionals that you're going to engage with is knowing what questions to ask. I think that's totally critical. So one one question that we both kind of beat to death yesterday, and I did it in the first meeting, just so you know, was here. here here's where we're at with our project. So <clears throat> just to refresh, it is a we have a third of an acre. We are doing we are basically doing nine units. One's commercial, eight are residential, but we are not allowed by the city to split up the land in different lots. So therefore, it makes us a condo. Uh, condominium develop it just by virtue of that because we're only selling airspace however we are permitting the project in under for the most part the residential code uh, the commercial is obviously in its own little category but we are also building it as if it's an r3 or a townhome so what we're trying so what we're trying to get out of these lawyers is okay even though the building code references this versus the zoning code like where does it land? Is there any way around this? Is there any way to make it look like a townhome? Because it is built like a townhome. It, and, and the reason why is insurance. The price for a condo insurance is going to be astronomical. Yeah, we're not actually... We're, we're, you know, we should always be worried about litigation and the construction defects with condos. We, like in, in college, multiple professors tell us never do a condo. And here yep. we are. Here we are building and developing yeah. condos. And, and, but we aren't actually afraid of, of getting sued or, or doing something wrong. Obviously on a job site, anything can go wrong. You have to replace stuff, but we're going to be on site. Um, we have guys that can fix things at a whim. Um, we're not worried about actually getting sued. We're worried about getting paying a quarter million dollars for condo insurance. That's what we're worried about and trying to get out of. Yeah, exactly. Cannot. Which we cannot. Yeah, that would kind of kill. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to go. Up. Here's the question. We'd have to. We'd have to really bring in private money at that point. I'll be. I'll be absolutely honest with you. So, um, to get your license, your contractor license, you need to show insurance, right? Yeah. yeah. What kind of insurance does it have to be? Just general liability insurance. But they asked specifically. So just so you know, I filled out all the forms 
for, uh, for the, with our insurance guy with our insurance agent on i think on wednesday yep. and they asked a ton of questions like what are you going to be building what have you done before but that's not for general that's for condo insurance right or is that just for J- just for me to be a class b contractor okay commercial contractor so our lawyer said something interesting he goes um he he, he the way he phrased it is that you don't really need condo insurance he goes i wouldn't advise oh, and not maybe, having it yeah because here's the thing, honestly. Uh, so this would be this it, would be like an out of the box kind of risk, which we do all the time. Yeah. So so what Alex is about to say. Well, it, it um someone was saying some article I read, entrepreneurs take really balanced risk. So here's how we balance it, calculated and calculated. Here's how we would b- balance it is because we are going to hire a lawyer for this project and making up not only the HOA and having those rules in place so that we have time to fix any changes, we have buyout agreements and all that, but then in our individual contracts, instead of just using the traditional real estate one, we do the same thing. We let everyone know that, hey, if there's a problem, you let us know. If we fix it within this, we get this amount of days or whatever. If it's a huge problem, we can buy the whole condo back from you. yeah, what was the other thing? How we could minimize our risk. But I don't know. Um, we're going to take steps to minimize our risk. So then doesn't that then make it a little bit safer to not have this extra insurance? You know that, who's going to make the call at the end of the day? Uh, loan. The bank. The bank. I think the bank. I, th- I wonder if the bank. I don't know. Yeah, I'm wondering if the bank makes that loan, uh, that call. Yeah. And then we are just forced into doing it, right? They're going to want insurance on the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. We'd have to see. So, <laughs> because I, I, I think, I think insurance, just like healthcare insurance makes a big target of there's a pile of money. If you don't have a target, if you don't legally have to have it, why make that target? We could argue it. I'm, op- I'm open to it. Yeah. And so, I wouldn't suggest this for normal considerations. I mean, since we're controlling the whole process. Exactly. That's yeah. I bring it, it it, so maybe it's a calculated risk. So <clears throat> I want to give some people some numbers because people like, uh, we've heard from a couple of people, actually our upcoming guest, Matt Perry, that we likes when we get very specific about how to do things or, you know, numbers and figures and stuff, like what things cost. So we had these meetings, obviously with these guys, you know, first meetings free. Um, maybe they should have charged us. Maybe they should have charged us and then we had skin in the game. So yeah. out of the two firms that we uh, were looking at, the one in the, the high rise in Denver, twice as much as the one we're going to end up hiring. So we're, we're, we're going to go and they, and also they're much bigger and we want to align ourselves with people that are like close to the same size as us. Okay. Exactly. If you're a small firm, you don't need Charles Schwab. Correct. So <clears throat> we got three, you know, we, we, we said, Hey, we're looking for three things out of these meetings to understand costs. So I want to let everybody know about this. The first thing is, and this is actually the, the first thing you would need to do is they're going to look at all three of your entities. If you're doing the whole design, build, develop, right? They're going to look at the architecture firm. Investors are. Invest, uh, yes, investor. Well, investors, but you should have all three buttoned up anyway. Right. So we said, okay, we want you guys. What is it going to cost to do uh, to shore up our partner agreements so that investors can look at it and they can see exactly how, like, let's say Alex, Alex says, I'm not doing this project anymore. I'm out of here, and then he runs away like a cat. Yep. (laughs) And then, and then, so the investors want to know, like, okay, is there a buyout? How do, like, how do we? How do we make it so it doesn't stall the project? And, and, and I think our brains really switched in the meetings, or at least mine did. Because the original thing, like if F9 bro- broke up, we already kind of had a plan. You take your clients, I take my clients, we split up the guys. We flip each other off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but then it hit me, 
oh, with the development, we can't just cut that in half. Yeah. That right? No, did no, it, it hit did. you when I said no, that in the it, meeting? You're like, I could, oh. I could see your, I could see, I could see your, your face change to like, oh, there's a light bulb going on. Yeah, but did, was that your thinking? Yes, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why, that's why you need to do it because even if you think, oh, we'll just amicably s- split up, it's, it's you can't, you can't split a project, uh, a development in half. Someone exactly. has to buy. So that's where the real lawyery stuff. Right. So comes here's what we're going to. Ha- so this is part one of what we're having them look at. And it was uh, shoring up the partner agreements for investors. And what I mean by that is so they're going to take a look at F9 Productions, which is an S Corp, F12, which is an LLC, F14, which is an LLC. And with F9, like Alex was saying, <clears throat> we're going to we're going to set it up so that like if Alex and I broke up, we'd go to mediation, then arbitration. And then we would have to, like, if that doesn't work, then we freaking go to court. But but I think the key is, and how it would be maybe easier and not with any buyout agreement, is that F9 would literally die. And there'd be F, you know, like Lance would just call his company F and I'd call my company 9. Mm-hmm. I'm just making up, right, right, you right. know. So the, so F9 gets destroyed. But our development company, we can't have, what's it's, it's F12. Yeah. We can't do F and then 12. Someone is going to have to keep F12. So, exactly. To keep the project moving forward 100%. Exactly. And that's what in- investors want to know. You can't cut. Yep. So F12 for F9, they're going to look at it and they're going to set it up. So it's, like I said, it would go mediation, arbitration, and then court because uh, because we're splitting up clients and stuff like that. And we can actually split the company. F12 can't split it. So there has to be a buyout. Yes. So that's, that's what they're going to look at. F14, uh, I don't know how that would work. I guess in that case, it would probably be the same thing. It'd have to be a buyout, right? I don't know. I haven't really. So anyway, so, so so for that stuff, they're just going to do hourly work for us. Anybody who's hired a lawyer before, you're looking at between $200 and $500 an hour. Yeah. It is what it is. My advice, <clears throat> and this is off the cuff advice, yeah, nice. is that, uh, so if, you, when I'm thinking about doing this is like, I don't know, let's draft it up ourselves and then have them look at it um, and tweak it from there. It's, you know what I mean? So like, yes. if, if you have the ability to do that ever, what? ever for any kind of, the more, the more information you can kind of get ahead of them on, if they're just reviewing it, in my experience with lawyers, it's it's been pretty productive and saved money. I think that's a general uh, rule. So I've been, I've not been happy with uh, some of the consultants we've been working with, <laughs> and Lance is just reassuring me. No, you have to do their job for them. Yep, and it's blowing my mind. Herd and cats. That's what this episode should be called: condos and cats. Condos and cats. <laughs> Done. <laughs> write that down. Uh, you write that down. Um, <clears throat> Because and it's blowing my mind because these are professionals that we're paying money to, and and I and they and it's not even in my realm of expertise and I'm redlining their drawings, uh, and it's just something you have to get used to. And the more you can make something easier or straightforward for someone else, I think the the smoother you're going to go and the faster you're going to run. Yeah, even writing up like a newspaper article for your own company and pitching it to the newspapers. They just, you did their job for them. Make it, you know, it Assume is what it you is. have to do everything yourself and then be surprised when you don't. If, if, especially if you're going to be a leader and an entrepreneur and like a spearhead. You just got to do it. There's just no way around it. Don't ever think that you can let up. I don't, I don't, I think that's our problem is every once in a while you and I, you and I want our jobs to be increasingly not easier, but just more smooth. And I think we get caught up in that and like, oh, it should just be smoother now. But nope, nope, we have to keep, 
keep doing you have to keep doing other people's jobs and then i'd say this is the difference is that everything we just said is when people are working for us or we're paying them directly so like where we would be the big boss man on the top so i have another project huge project where we have everyone involved and there's a developer on the top now instead of me redlining and just doing everyone's job for them i'm clearly defining this is my scope this is your scope i if it's inside of building I will take care of it. If it's outside the building, you, you will take care of it. You take care so of it. So there's just know those two different situations. If you're on top or if you're in part of a team. Yep. Yeah. Because if you're in part of a team, you're all horizontal. You can't be the one, you know, uh, it, unless you're getting paid for it. Yeah. You can only do lateral moves, yep. right? Okay. The second part, that the second thing we wanted them to see is, okay, how much does this stuff cost? Is uh, the cost to set up an HOA. And what I mean that is like all the bylaws. So the, you know, you have to recognize your state laws, and then honestly, then they fine tune it to exactly what the heck you're doing. There's certain things you you can and cannot do. Obviously, you know you want to protect yourself as the developer through litigation, and you want to give yourself a chance to mitigate any problems. Right. And then there's probably a, a process for if someone wants to paint. You know. Yep. Like, uh, how, how, how do you how do you submit yep. the paint color and go to the committee yep. and like here's the bi-weekly meetings like all the crap and yep. then like no chickens on your rooftop no fight open flames you know like all those rules um, are going to be in the HOA yeah so <clears throat> the big firm was about 10 grand and the small firm was forty five hundred dollars uh, my fiance I asked her last night and she goes uh, I said what do you think it would cost because I got twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> so I don't know I mean so just so everybody knows like I, I think a good ballpark would be Five grand. Five grand. I think that's a, you know, you kind of start there. And then the third third thing is then you, so once you get the declarations written, then you have to set up a nonprofit to, which the nonprofit, like the HOA members pay a fee each month. For anybody who's not an HOA, for anybody who is an HOA, you already know the drill. But you pay a fee each month and that fee goes into a bank account and it, it, it goes towards administrative fees and then it also goes towards ma- maintaining the landscape, replacing roads, stuff like that. That was about $800. Yep. Um, oh, just to set it up, yep. just to set up the, f- I don't think it's a 501 C, but it's awfully close. It's like a, no- it's just a nonprofit corporation. So technically you, could you say we, we could probably do that ourselves? Not like we have the time to do it, you know, because we set up our own companies all the time. Is it that easy or is it, is there more nonsense to it? Or you don't even want to research. I don't want to re- just, <laughs> I, I'm totally behind. Yeah. You. I just, th- I know, I know. Uh, we could, you know what? I think we could possibly do it. I think we could possibly do it, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to hire the freaking lawyer. Yeah. Um, the, the only caveat to that is, you know, we said, okay, five grand. I would match the size of your firm. So if you are um, Richard Richmond Homes, you should probably have a, 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 a Richmond, lawyer. Richmond, Richmond lawyers. Yeah. You should probably have a law firm that has offices everywhere that you build, you're probably going to pay 10 grand, but they're going to have specialty people and for specialty reasons. So just, I would match your size. That's my only caveat. Real, real easy advice. Yep. 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 So there you go. That's, uh, that's where we're at. I'm actually going to hopefully send an email to one of the lawyers and tell them we'd like to, uh, secure them in, in, you know, whatever way we need to, and then hopefully get them going on the LLCs. So, okay. With that, I think we're on to uh, our, our, our typical segment of uh, best and worst advice. This week we have uh, Matt Perry, not the actor, but he's just as pretty as the actor, yes, I feel like. Is. 
He's, he's probably he's more cut. I'll he's more cut. Yeah, uh, he takes off his shirt. He's got like a twelve pack. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So Matt is a uh, a former colleague, well, a current colleague of ours, a former alum, uh, classmate of ours at North Dakota State University, and he's uh, sort of uh, going off on his own. I think doing doing some freelance stuff, working working um, in Minnesota, and uh, he's got some worst worst and best advice for us. So here we go. Hey guys, this is Matt Perry, an old college classmate of Lance and Alex's, bringing you my best and worst advice. The best piece of advice I've received is don't be afraid to fail. And by that I mean, don't let our fear of failure keep you from trying something new. That something new could be asking a pretty girl out for dinner. It could be entering your first marathon. It could be quitting a job to start a new business. I personally struggle with this concept. I would say my biggest fear is of failing or maybe spiders, but I think most people have that fear of failing, and probably spiders. But what I was also told at the same time is that you need to predefine what a failure and excess is for your given endeavor. Maybe you don't get that dinner with the pretty girl, but she asks you out to a coffee meetup instead. Maybe you didn't complete your first marathon without walking and had a horrible finish time, but now you know the process and how it works, and how much harder you'll need to train for your next one. Maybe you made a new training partner along the way. Maybe your new business uh, that didn't last, but now you know the ins and outs of the bookkeepings needed, uh, your taxes, vendors you can use in the future, maybe some partners, um, and an idea of a new business that you know will work. My point is, Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and give it your all, because not trying might be the biggest failure you can have. I recently read a book uh, called Architect Entrepreneur by Eric Reinholdt, who touches on this subject in the very first chapter called Mindset. And uh, I believe your mindset really is at the heart of this idea. I'll read just a quick paragraph out of the book that I think directly applies to you two and your podcast. Many perceive the act of opening a business as a singular act, one that they either pass or fail at. I believe this is a flawed perception. Opening a business isn't a zero-sum game. You always walk away with more than what you started. More knowledge, a better understanding of the world, more connections, and a dose of pride that you actually tried and didn't let your dream slip away. So there it is. Nothing is a failure if you go in looking for a learning experience. Anything beyond that is just icing on the cake. Again, I say that knowing how hard it is to take that first step in big ventures, but I know the spectrum between success and failure is huge, so you might land somewhere anywhere in between. To my worst advice, just do it. You usually hear this from friends or family or Nike, and uh, it's a very simple solution to what is probably a very complex problem. You might say, I want to buy a car, and they say, just do it, but they don't care that you can't afford the monthly payments or that it's impractical for your lifestyle. You say you want to try a triathlon, and they say, just do it, but they don't listen when you say you have a fear of swimming in lakes or you have a knee problem you had surgery on. Um, You say you want to start a business. They say, just do it, but they don't know the initial capital it takes or the risk of losing your current job, the time and effort required, the weekends you'll be giving up, and the relationships that may start to fade without any free time. Their reasoning may be, don't be afraid of failure, 
but telling somebody to just do it is telling them to be unprepared, uh, to be uneducated or unknowing and walk blindly into a situation without a well-thought-out plan. Uh, to ignore any elements working against you instead of having real solutions to what you need. It's really just setting you up to fail, I think. Um, I believe this is so similar, yet completely opposite, to my best advice. What do you think? Two more bits of advice, since I heard on a previous podcast that you don't listen to these before you hear them. One, Lance, stop having kids. You're at, what, 37 now? It's getting ridiculous. Gore, it's time to trade in your truck. You know you're more of a Prius guy. Or maybe a Leaf. Anyway, keep acing those ARE questions. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hilarious. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I think uh, on all fronts he nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Before you start, uh, I never noticed this before, and I think it's because every time I'm talking to... Well, I don't know, for some reason... You sound like Micro. I think you are our version of Micro. Do you know who that is? Oh, of course D- I know. Who dirty, that is. dirty job. Yeah, yeah. Um, his was interesting because I think he hit on a dichotomy there. Don't be afraid to fail, and then just do it. And be, we say just do it all the time. And maybe he was even talking that talking to us because we go fishing with him every year. Just do it, Perry. Just do get it, it done. Um, oh yeah, we tell everybody like, when are you guys gonna start your firm? Come on, just, just do, do it. Quit. Just, yeah. Start. But where I think he probably nailed it on the head is that. The reason why just do it works and doesn't is that it's hard to apply knowledge to a framework that you don't have, right? So if you are just doing it, you start to build that framework and then you can add things onto it. But we know of, and we won't mention many people and personal friends that have started a business and we're like, this is a terrible idea and it went nowhere and you're in a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of debt. So that's where it's just do it as a double-edged sword. Like you just mortgage your house on a terrible idea. But then all you hear is stories about other people who mortgaged their house and made millions and millions and millions of dollars. Jonathan Segal, the architect, remember he like he says like I ran up all my credit card debt. He's like I was just financed through the roof or through yep. the through to the hilt, and now look at him—he's multimillionaire. So and and I would say, uh, calcu- Then the answer is what entrepreneurs don't say is calculated risk. Calculated risk. Calculated risk. Um, that that's what you have to do. But. There's a double-edged sword to that because I think Ooh. a lot of architects and designers think too much, think way too much. Yeah, it, and then this is what we tell to each other um, because every year comes out: America is dumb, our education system We're is, the worst. Is, is terrible. Norway, Norway is killing Japan, it. Japan, everyone's better. And then I'm like, well, we have a great economy. It might be because we rigged the system because we semi do. <laughs> <laughs> but the the other thing that I said to Lance, and he's like, that's that's perfect. Is we're an action oriented. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But there's still that, I mean, we are almost coming up on our 10-year anniversary, and they say 50% of businesses fail within their first year. Then the ones remaining, 50% fail at After five that, years, yep. and then 10 years. So this will be huge when, when we make it. So that that's why it, it is such a double-edged sword. And, and I don't know, there has to be a point where you just calculate, you do that calculation to a certain point, and then you just, you got to pull the trigger. Exactly, and I think it's recognizing that point, Right. Of like, how do you how do you define that point, and when do you when do you say okay that's it now that now I'm stopping here and now I'm gonna jump and leap and move forward and, and just do it yeah and then I would I would go back to okay what do you have to calculate, and I think you go back to Elon Musk and boil it down to the fundamental principles. So for us, you know, when we started the firm, it was uh, 
be the most professional, be on time and over deliver. You know, if we can just do that, then maybe we can survive. Uh, so if you have a skill that you have contacts that you know will pay for it and you can deliver on, and then you have some money in the bank so that you can float yourself for a while, then you might be calculated enough to make a go at it. There you go. Or you might be pushed off a cliff like I was and that you just have to do it. Yeah. So maybe it's not just do it, just what just you just do, do it, it because you have to do it. There you yeah. go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I would say just do it applies when you're pushed off a cliff. <laughs> Might as well grow <laughs> well, some wings. Here we go. Got to try to flap around. Yeah. yeah. So uh, awesome. Thanks again, Perry. Appreciate it. Uh, please leave us a, a five star review. Uh, if you're going to leave a one star review, add five stars to it, and then that, and then just do that on iTunes. Yeah. There you go. You're, you're, you're our other bestie. Yep. Uh, okay. Best cool. friend, Matt Perry. We got two things left. We're going to get into code questions. But before we do that. I want to talk about a quick a quick little thing about reciprocity in state in other states. So I don't know how many other people that are listening to this that are architects are licensed in only one state, but then have thought about venturing out and trying to expand and do multi-state work. We have currently done that. We've done work up in North Dakota, and we just landed some work up in Idaho. <clears throat> so I want to get like take the veil away for anybody who who's never done that and demystify the whole thing. Number one, it's if you have an NCARB account, it goes way easier. If you don't have an NCARB, if you don't have an NCARB account, it sounds like it goes way worse. But are you talking people who don't have NCARB accounts that have been licensed? What, Jerry, so it's been thirty years in the business. Well, you didn't test through NCARB. That's the thing. Yeah. So, so if you don't have an NCARB um, account, you've probably been doing this for over thirty years. You got it. You got it. But if you do have an NCARB account, and probably most people here listening do. It's a double-edged sword. Number one, it costs four hundred freaking dollars to get your NCARB green count or whatever the hell they call it sent up to you know say Idaho. In this yeah, case, you, it was for us. It was Idaho. No, that makes sense because it's in the computer and they can just easily forward it. So that took about four hundred dollars. <laughs> no, that makes right. That makes it's sense. It's like it's like a it's like two hundred dollars per click. Yeah. <laughs> Open email, find file. Send so a hundred dollars per click, and then a hundred dollars just because. Yeah, you know, just on. why not? Just because you got. You We're know, doing you, such a great job. You got five. You got five letters in your name. You know? <laughs> there you go. We deserve it. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> so four hundred bucks. They do send it really quick, so that was good. So we were able. I was able to get licensed within like ten days up in Idaho, which is which is great. Uh, and then and then on top of that, then you're gonna pay some fee to some state to quickly rev- to to have them review it. It's like in Idaho, I think it was 150 bucks, and in uh, North Dakota, it's 150 dollars. I don't know how it works in New York and California because I we have uh, friends in California that practice, and they say you have to take in addition to the all the NCARB stuff. Then there's like two more tests they have to take, like an EPA related test. I know in California, and then also like a seismic, a specific seismic, which no. makes sense for California earthquake zone. But no, uh, our friend corrected us. It's not seismic; it's the process. But, well, it's seismic, but it's like where do you look? Do you remember him talking? You may oh, have been drinking. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. It's coming back. It was foggy. It was, <laughs> it was a foggy day. There were some gentlemen, Jack. It was very sunny, but foggy in a different sense. <laughs> um, so it's just a process. And I heard in New York, someone can correct me, is that the New York bureaucracy is so crazy. you got to take a test on the bureaucracy. Oh, well, just how, to you know, like here's, just so you know, here's how you jump through all of our hoops. Yeah. And people wonder why building is so expensive. Yep. Actually, they don't. They just make up their own reason for that. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. Uh, maybe that'll help. Maybe it won't. I don't know. And you know then, okay. Uh, have you heard why school costs, education costs are so high for like high school and all that other stuff? For high school? 
because we pay ten thousand dollars per pupil, and everyone else pays five, one, you know, way less, and they get higher scores than us. Not, so, not for. I can only speak on higher education, not just high school. Okay, so for higher education, they did a study because they wanted to know, and obviously they didn't take uh, what that study gave them and fix the problem. They just made a study and let it sit there, and. Uh, New Jersey is the highest. So they're able, because there's different school districts. So they were able to see what is the difference. And the common de- denominator was the number of admin positions. Oh. So it was all administration. There's more red tape. Red tape, exactly. Um, <clears throat> then w- for building permits and how much it costs to get a building permit through, it's the same thing. City, more admin positions, more double checking where the county is easy, simple. Buildings still don't you know fall down. Um it, admin is really just m- messing everyone up. Yep. Yeah. Less, less middlemen. We'd all be better off. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. On, on to the last segment here. We got code questions. Alex is on fire, as everyone knows. Yep. 100% so far. 115%, actually. Yep. Last 10 episodes. <laughs> When's your next test? Two, six weeks? No, it's three weeks. Wow. Coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully he really crushes these ones. Yeah. All right, we got three. We got three big ones for <laughs> but, you. Just to be fair to all everyone taking the ARE, Lance is just making up these questions. <laughs> yeah, these are not ARE. Just so we're gonna get me in trouble with NCARB. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He's, li- trash he, he's literally finding things that he found interesting or did not know, writing them down, and then making fun of me when I don't yeah. know them. <laughs> yep, exactly. I love it. Okay, <clears throat> so chapter twenty-one from the IBC Masonry Fireplaces. We have two two questions coming from here, and then we'll jump to a new chapter. Okay. So code 2111.11, hearth extension dimensions. Hearths, hearths shall extend not less than how many inches in front of a fireplace opening? A, 10 inches, B, 12 inches, C, 14 inches, D, 16 inches. You really pick just meaty questions that really matter, don't you? Just, just everyday practice, just, just life safety. Yeah, life safety. You really pick like, I don't know. It's, a, it's not like you pick obscure things that no one ever <laughs> really looks into. Everybody wants to know this. So, oh. so hearth uh, max. What is the minimum? Oh, the minimum. See, do you see how I worded this? A R E. Okay, yeah. let me read it one more time. Yeah. Hearths shall not ex- shall extend not less than how many <laughs> inches. On each side of the fireplace opening. By the way, the IBC oh, based. Sides. Uh, no, no, sorry. In front. In front. In front. I'm sorry. In front. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was the second question. So, oh, last time. Last time I'm going to do it. Hearths shall extend not less than how many inches in front of the fireplace opening? Um, does this differentiate between which kind of fireplace it is? No. Because your house might be out of code. You know what oh, I'm talking yeah, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it. I think it pertains to woods, wood fireplaces. Okay, sure. I don't know. Sure. Maybe somehow we pass. Inspector Alice coming. Somehow we pass. Yeah. How about that? Because <laughs> on one side we have none. We have nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the lowest. Just say ten beads. It's eh. sixteen. So minimum this, of sixteen inches. This fireplace is out. Out completely out of code. Our conference room. Call the building inspector. This is just a general question to you. How many times have you seen Actually, a hearth? No, no, this one's good because see the bottom. We're talking about the bottom part, like at the bottom of the oh, fireplace. I was thinking the top. Why was I thinking the top? Let That's me, a mantle. 
Yeah. Just so I can educate you, Mr. Architect. Thank you. Thank you. No, that helps. So let me uh, re-answer that question now that I'm thinking about the right location. I would say 16 inches. <laughs> Correct. The streak, <laughs> the streak <laughs> continues. That makes way more sense. I was thinking about 16 inches. For seems- a mantle, yeah. So we're hearts we're talking about the bottom. Is thing. there a mantle one? No, I think because I think that's just an aesthetic thing. I couldn't yeah. find one. I don't know. Somebody will probably correct me. Somebody will hit us up on Twitter and just burn us. Yeah. All right. This is part B. Hearths t- shall extend not less than how many inches on each side? Ooh. Side of the fireplace opening. A, four inches. A B, six inches. C, eight inches. D, ten inches. Each side? Let's make it 10. Eight inches. Eight inches. Eight 16 inches. and eight. Half. 16 and eight. There you go. So just it's think good. about it that way. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be on AIRE. I hope it is. <laughs> I, hope I think it they're is. mainly I hope geared. they ask about a mantle yeah. somehow. They're mainly geared towards uh, IBC, I think. Um, and, 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 and houses. But anyways. This is from the, the IBC. Um, don't even listen to me because AIRE will pull questions out of anywhere they exactly. want. Exactly. Right out of there. Yeah. Uh, last question of the day. Chapter twenty-two, steel. This one's a good. This I like this one. Two two one one dot three dot three. The owner or the owner's authorized agent shall contract with a registered design professional for the design of the temporary insulation, restraint slash bracing, and the permanent individual truss member. Restraint slash bracing for trusses with clear spans of how many feet or greater. So if a, so, just to put it in layman's terms, if a truss, if a steel truss is how many feet long or bigger, do you need do you as the owner need to contract with the registered design professional for temporary insulation? Right. So like it, it, this requires a engineer to come out and to tell you like, okay, here's how we're temporarily going to install it. So when, okay. So an engineer needs to come out. An engineer is basically, yep. You got to do some CA work. Okay. A 30 feet, B 40 feet, C 50 feet, D 60 feet. I have no idea. I'm going to say, I'm going to split my answers and I get to do this. 30 or 50. Eh, 60 feet. Ah. So if there's a, so if a steel. So anything under it, you don't need to. You don't, you don't have, you can just, they could, the contractor could just install it without somebody. It sounds like, like an engineer has to go out there, to, like watch how it's installed or like give it specific instructions. So he's kind of doing what we're told not to do, right? Which is uh, direct how construction work happens. Yeah. That's weird to me because temp- here, here's the question. Let's let's uh, inform me and other people. When you're putting that steel up, um, wouldn't you just connect it and not do a temporary brace if it's that big? I don't understand it either. I don't get that. For the design of the temporary insulation restraint slash bracing and the permanent individual. So they no, it's for both. It's I mean, for they both. just need to be out there. Yeah. So so, so, it, so here's what happens when you set steel. Like a lot of times you're tacking you, it in. You pin it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, gotcha. If it's over 60, just have an engineer. Well, even a truss. Even when you're setting like a wood truss, like they'll pin it, and yep. then a laborer will come back and then put in the clips, like the hurricane clips, at least in my experience. So, yeah. Cool. So, good to know. Good to know. Okay. Anything else? You got anything to add? If that's... Uh, no, I do. That's I do. Pot- oh, oh, here we go. 
No, just a little thanks. Shout out to everyone that's involved listening. Um, everyone that's uh, burning the midnight oil or the early morning oil, getting it done. Uh, you know, improving yourself, improving your business, improving your family. Thanks for getting after it. And uh, by always uh, follow us on the Twitter, Facebook. Get in touch with us. We're always happy to hear from friends, family, anybody else who is listening to this. And uh, have a good week. We'll see you next week.